This is Dennis Rundy. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Our podcast, Spirit Matters, found at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today, Larry Payne, Ph.D. He is an internationally respected yoga teacher, author, and founder of Yoga Therapy in America. Uh, he is the co-founder of the International Association of Yoga Therapists and the Yoga Curriculum at the UCLA School of Medicine. Uh, Larry, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on our podcast today. Pleasure, sir. Larry, you've been a fixture in the uh, Los Angeles yoga scene for several decades. You're um, well-known as a creator or one of the founders of the discipline of yoga therapy. Uh, we want to get into all that, but first give us a sense of um, your own history and how you came to be uh, a yoga teacher and what got you interested in the first place. Well, thanks, Bill. You know, I was quite a jock, and um, I did, a, you know, I played high school, college sports, and then I was a runner for about um, 15 years. And my back started really bothering me, so my running partner dragged me, literally, to a, a yoga class. And this lady was a disciple of Indra Devi, and fortunately she had, she was uh, compassionate. <laughs> so um, at the end of her class, for the first time, this dog bite I had in my back for about a year was gone. And I also felt very high, very similar to smoking something, and I just... I never looked back. I took that class. I went and found a teacher near me, got serious about it, and then just took off from there. Let me follow up with that, Dennis. Um, you mentioned Indra Devi, <coughs> who uh, was um, one of the great luminaries of yoga in the West, and you knew her. So maybe you can uh, explain to the listeners who she was. Well, Indra Devi was the daughter of a, a Russian... Um, uh, basically a, a very, uh, like an actress and, uh, you know, a very high-level society person, and I, I believe her father was Swedish. And she was a dancer, and she came to India, and when she came there, she just fell in love with India, and they fell in love with her. So she spent the rest of her life and her career um, going around and getting acquainted with these uh, luminaries in India, and uh, she studied with the Shivananda. Mm -hmm. um, she studied with the Krishnamacharya. She introduced the West to Sai Baba. Um, she was amazing, and wherever she went, um, there was something special happening. I remember one story. I'll make it quick. The only press conference the Yoga Journal ever had was in Santa Monica, California, maybe, you know, 25 years ago. And they had Baron Baptiste be kind of the featured person because he was working with the daughter of one of the mamas and papas, so they were trying to get press. So he's there, and the camera's there. and So I come in the back with Indra Devi, and all of a sudden the cameraman, when he hears his Indra Devi, he turns off of Baron Baptiste and just turns towards Indra Devi <laughs> the whole rest of the time. He was on her. Mm -hmm. 
And she became very famous in L.A. and then in uh, South America, where she. Yeah, what happened is that um, after she opened the first yoga studio, arguably in the United States, but at least on the West Coast, back in the '40s, in Hollywood, and uh, she had people like Marilyn Monroe and uh, Gaynor, and you know all these Mule Brenner, and uh, so. Then she opened up a place down in Mexico as a retreat. And while she was there, some people came and invited her to come to Buenos Aires. So she was invited to things all over the world. She spoke probably seven languages. And I, I spent a lot of time with her. So anyway, and when she was there, there was a man in the audience named Piaro, who was the Argentine equivalent of Elvis Presley. And so he had this sensation that she was his adopted mother from another lifetime. So at his next concert, he announced that his adopted mother was having a yoga conference next weekend. 6,000 people showed up. Wow. <laughs> well, great, great they, promo. They never let her go. They never yeah. let her go. Larry, I wanted to ask you something about yourself. And that was, I read that in 2000, you were the first yoga teacher to be invited to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. How did that come about, and what was that like? Well, what happened is that they were doing, um, on the weekend, while they're all there, they always have some artistic thing. So they decided to go with Eastern art. So my partner on the book was Georg Feuerstein, who was America's authority on yoga, and he had 50 books. They invited him, and they got about a month out, and they asked him to teach a yoga class while he was there, and for some reason he refused to do that. He wanted to just do philosophy. So he recommended me, ah. and that's how that happened. And they asked me if I had a website. This was 2000. My website had been up for two weeks. <laughs> I said yes. And uh, so another thing that happened when I was there is that somebody got sick, so they saw in my background that I had been in marketing and advertising, so they asked me to lead like a panel discussion. So, okay, so who's in the panel discussion? Mehmet Oz, before he was famous, big time. Dean Ornish, and several people like that. So I thought, what am I going to do? So I said, you know, it's an honor to be here with all these people, but I think that we should meet their wonderful wives. So I introduced the wives, and Mehmet Oz's wife sent me a Christmas card for seven years. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but uh, Quincy Jones was also there, wow. and uh, I was in a room with Yasser Arafat, Oh, my goodness. Only, like, maybe 30 people. And um, uh, Goenka was there. I met him and mm -hmm. hung out with him. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a special thing in the World Economic Forum, really. Did, did, yeah. did anybody follow up and really want to know more about uh, yoga and doing yoga postures and improving themselves? Well, uh, Mehmet Oz, <laughs> before he had his, just before he had his television show, he was really rolling. He had a column in the uh, Reader's Digest him and another gentleman from the Cleveland Clinic. So he stayed in touch with me, and he invited me to write in his column twice. Oh, how interesting. And so, now uh, he's advocating <laughs> yoga, and he's involved with uh, Dean Ornish and uh, yeah. all that. Uh, he's always been around. And also somebody who kind of snuck in there. I think what happened is that one year that Mehmet Oz went to um, Bhakti Fest. <laughs> really? <laughs> and he met Steve Ross. Uh, and he invited Steve Ross onto his show. 
Great. And uh, he was on the show, and you know. So, so Larry, you 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 first uh, came to yoga because of uh, physical injury, yes, back pain, and uh, became so enamored with it. You you uh, went to India, got trained. Um, at what point did you realize there was more to yoga than, you know, say, uh, uh, physical therapy? Uh, for your back, and that you know there was there was a, a tradition of mind and body and spirit. Uh, when did you realize that? And and tell us a little bit about your training. Cause well, I think I I realized that when I had my first yoga teacher. He was a man who never wanted to be famous. He's still around. He teaches like in places like Twenty Four Hours Fitness. Um, his name. Spiritual name was Raghavan, and his name is Salomon Delgado. And he was trained in Shivananda, so mm. he encouraged me to take, you know, classes and do fasting. So I did a two-week fast at a place called Metalark and met the father of holistic medicine in America, Dr. Everett Loomis, mm. who became my first mentor. So. That's where I got inspired to change my career from advertising to be a yoga teacher. And my first teacher training was Shivananda. And, you know, Shivananda was Swami Vishnu Devananda was pretty uh, complete. You know, it was mm -hmm. all, yeah. it was, it, you know, it wasn't just about doing postures. And so that was my first real introduction to the philosophy, the Yoga Sutra, you know, um, all those things that are beyond just the postures. Right, right. Larry, we have uh, people that listen in uh, from all over North America and other parts of the world. Some are very experienced in uh, spiritual practices uh, uh, like uh, yoga asanas, uh, but a lot are not. It's all new to them. They might be listening to something like this for the first time. And if somebody uh, is in that category and they'd like to begin uh, doing yoga asanas, what do you recommend to them? How do they find uh, a class or a teacher that uh, is uh, worth going to? And, you know, where is all uh, yoga instruction good and alike? Mm -hmm. Well, here's where, this is my opinion, okay? Mm -hmm. I've been doing, practicing yoga now for 37 and a half years. I've been involved in every <laughs> major yoga organization that I'm aware of. And I think what's happened now is that yoga has really gotten off on this gymnastic thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the focus of yoga classes, 80% of them, are for the young and restless. They're for the people that were taught when they were 16 years old by Christian Macharya. And so that's great for people up to about 40. But take a look at the life of a professional athlete. <clears throat> Kobe Bryant retired at 38. So the body changes around 40, and the majority of the population is over 40. So it goes flow yoga, chair yoga. There's like nothing in between. <laughs> and that's, like, that's not how it should be. These people got some wind in their sails. So what people don't know is that Christian Macharya got his first ever middle-aged Western student, Dr. Albert Franklin, who was the ambassador to India from America, uh, back in the late 60s, early 70s. So he started to teach differently. 
And that's what he taught his son, and that's what his son taught me. It was originally called Vini Yoga, and like anything else, goes through all these political things. But I just say these were the contemporary teachings of Krishnamacharya, and they were geared more towards people of all ages, but especially over 40. And so I call my yoga now prime of life yoga because that is really 40-something to 70-something. Still got some wind in your sails. You, you don't have to do wussy yoga. You know, you just need to modify. And this, these modifications are from the same man who taught Iyengar and Tabi Joyce and Indra Devi. Right. But, but where, should, does, uh, where does somebody go if somebody's listening in <clears throat> and they're in Poughkeepsie, New York, or somebody's in Buenos Aires, South America, and they think, all right, I want to go to a yoga class. I'm inspired by what Larry is saying. How do you, would you recommend they find a yoga class that's uh, going to serve them well? Well, uh, the word Vini Yoga is still out there. Mm -hmm. So I, I would recommend that. Uh, and then I have a lot of the Prime of Life Yoga students. My website, samata.com, samata.com. Uh, has a lot of the students mm -hmm. who have graduated from this. The other thing is that I have seven DVDs, and recently we put them onto um, app form. So there's a 21-day program for people anywhere in the world uh, who can get started uh, on on any form of uh, of medium, uh, and that's just recent. I'm real proud of it. So but if you go at the website under products, it says. 21-day program, and it, you know, it reminds you every day to, to do your practice, and then it says, how do you feel? I mean, it's pretty cool. We should uh, mention for uh, listeners who are not familiar with these names that uh, you mentioned Krishnamacharya a few times, and uh -huh. we, should, we should point out that he was the uh, sort of great uh, reformer or revivalist or innovator, whatever you however you see the history of, of Hatha Yoga in the last century, and that uh, two of his students were uh, Iyengar and Patabi Joyce, who had a big impact on the West, as well and as the other was Indra Devi. And Desikachar. And, and Desikachar is, was your teacher, am I correct? He is, and also my other teacher with him and Indra Devi was A.G. Mohan, mm. who was also a direct student of Krishnamacharya. Very good. So we have the lineage. Yeah. So, so tell us more about um, Prime of Life Yoga, because uh, this is a recent um, sort of entry into the world of modern yoga, and that's your baby. Mm -hmm. What uh, originally made you uh, turn to uh, that age group, other than being in it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I watched people getting injured in the classes. And then this whole thing came out in the New York Times, yoga can wreck you and all those things. And while some of that stuff, uh, you know, uh, was pretty exaggerated, but a lot of it was really true. I mean, every weekend there's a man that's 50 years old that's in a yoga class at some retreat center, and there's a good-looking young girl there teaching and he's in a, what is called Pachimottanasa, seated, forward bend with his legs straight. And following her example, he starts reaching for his toes and tries to hard and throws his back out every weekend that's happening in America. You talk to the, to the chiropractors, the physical therapists, they're all saying that people are coming to them being injured in yoga classes. Mm. 
it's because yoga is so available now, and they're mainly focused on this under forty group. It's really true. Yeah. Well, now and, what do you, what do you, you go ahead? And and a lot most of the teachers are young these days because so a lot many of them are they teach that way because they're pressured into teaching that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, what's happening is since I started training teachers about five years ago, this has taken off. Like just in the last three years, I am in Princeton, Austin, Orlando. You know, uh, it, it's uh, it's San Francisco, and it's. Um, it, it's getting some wings, uh, you know, because... Well, people are getting older. <laughs> yes, and also these people have some wing, wind in their sails, you know, yeah. they're not just it out there to pasture. And I, I researched, there's over 120 million people over 40, yet uh. 80% of the yoga is for the young and restless. Well, well let, me, let me ask you about that, because this is not clear to me. Uh, the, the yoga that's uh, for the people under 40, is that good for them? I mean, like this Bikram yoga or these yoga classes where there's extreme heat or it's almost like uh, an aerobics class and you have an instructor up there. I think it's good on. for the people under 40. You, you think that's because good? You're because still... we've had other, uh, and I, I just want to get your opinion. Uh, yes. I've heard other yoga teachers say that they're really, really moving away from the tradition of yoga, what yoga was set up for. And getting more and westernizing it. In other words, it's not about going inward. It's not about enlightenment. It's not about uh, integrating mind and body, <clears throat> but more more about getting a body for the beach or building your cardio or whatever else. People and and all of that's fine. Yeah, but I'm just wondering what your feeling is about ultimately what yoga is for, and uh, how these different classes serve or do not serve uh, folks. Well, I had the privilege of going to India four or five times when these people are all alive, I got to learn from the real masters. Mm-hmm. And they always taught me that yoga was more than asana. They also taught me that yoga was about being an example. And, uh, you know, how you treat people, etc. Pretty much the yamas. And... That was from the very beginning, and even in the Shivananda, and then with Deskachar, and uh, I, you know, I went to a lot of teachers, and at that time I was still um, on a sabbatical from a college magazine, so I was a guy from California with a press card, a camera, a video, and a tape recorder, and the only person who turned me down initially was Christian Machari. I had to wait two weeks just to meet him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what happened is that he broke his hip, and the next time I came to India, his son asked me if I would do a tribute to him in America. And then when I said yes, I was invited in, and he did an hour and 20-minute ceremony on me. And then I, you know, I made this thing, and I <clears throat> made it into a vintage video that's available also. That's mm-hmm. 80 minutes. It's not like watching Homeland, but... It has <clears throat> Deskachar in his prime, Indra Devi with the only English-speaking video that we have. Um, and uh, all these old masters, it, it's pretty good for people who are, you know, serious about the yoga practice. So are you concerned with, um, like many, uh, some of the other yoga teachers we've interviewed and people I've chatted with, are concerned about the... Um, 
the, one of the side effects of the popularity of yoga is the churning out of yoga teachers and the quality of training. Are you concerned about that? Oh, yes, because I'm, you know, I'm the founder of the international, co-founder with Richard Miller of the International Association of Yoga Therapists, and I have a school at Lyola Marymount for the last 12 years where we train yoga teachers to be yoga therapists. So we get them from all the different schools, and um, it's fascinating that um, the statistic is of all the people who take yoga teacher training, less than 20% of them end up teaching longer than two years. Really? So they're, they're taking it for their own personal growth, which is fine. And there's a million teachers, so this is why it's, you know, some of these schools take, exploit people because they can get them for like $20 to teach a class. And if they don't want to do it, somebody else comes along, you know. So it's not, you know, so you really have to go with the places that, you know, have a good name, have the good teachers. And the people ask me, you know, how can you tell if it's a good yoga class? I've told some people, go sit outside the yoga class and see who comes in and out of the class. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know, that's one of the ways. But... You know, certain schools have these, you know, good reputations, um, and um, a lot of them were from Christian Macharya, like Iyengar School, Ashtanga Yoga, you know, Patabi uh, Joyce, but especially his, that's the one that's really the hard one, and usually, you know, that's fine up to about age 40, and then, you know, body does change, so you make these modifications. So Christian Macharya taught that yoga is for three stages of life. You have the beginning stage in India. These people get initiated when they're eight years old, the Brahmin caste, and they get the sun salutation and the Gayatri mantra and a few other things. And, uh, but that, the, these stages are a little different in India because the people get married really young over there. So that second stage happens really early for them. And then for them, by the time they're like, 55, 60, they're like retired, ready to go out and find God, you know. Uh, we're here in the United States, that second stage, uh, you know, or that first stage goes all the way up to 40 something. And then this middle stage, second stage, goes on and on and on because we keep finding ways to make ourselves happy and, uh, and, and uh, you know, have a better life and uh, not have as many physical problems. The third stage is what they call um, yoga chikitsa or yoga therapy. <coughs> so those are the two areas I'm involved in that are pretty, you know, correlated. People won't start having a lot of serious back problems until they hit about 40. Mm -hmm. And uh, so these kind of tie in together very nicely, the prime of life yoga and, and, the, and the yoga therapy. Uh, Larry, how much time <coughs> do you put in a day uh, toward, uh, assuming you do put time every day into yoga practice? And you also have a meditation that you uh, uh, do. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it's interesting. Um, my actual yoga practice is 15 minutes. My meditation practice is 11 minutes. And my cardio practice mm -hmm. is a half an hour. So I, I put a little more than an hour into every mm -hmm. day, seven days a week. Some people think you should rest one day, but... I think that when you hit midlife and beyond, 
that the cardio is pretty important, that you need to have that in there. <laughs> and you don't get that from, like, the kind of yoga you do for midlife. You you could get it if you do jumping or something with uh, young and restless yoga. But I think, you know, what I find is that people have the least problems are people who walk, swim, or bicycle, or ellipticals in there, too. And they have the least problems. Um, also, Krishnamacharya said that in this stage that the pranayama was much more important. Mm -hmm. And we know that leads you towards meditation. I know both of you guys are serious meditators, but I I have a pretty serious pranayama practice. Mm -hmm. Where do you fit that in? Uh, Right after my... Uh, asana and just before my meditation. Right, that's the usual pattern. But I'm dying to know where the 11 minutes came from. It's not a typical number. I don't know. (laughs) A a Fibonacci number. Nothing nothing esoteric (laughs) about that? No, I could see 108. Yeah, that's right. 108 would have made sense. 108 seconds. 10.8 minutes. Uh, uh, Larry, uh, uh, about pranayama, I, I know not much about pranayama. I have practiced uh-huh. it somewhat. Uh, I have a deviated septum, so I always found it a bit challenging because it required both nostrils. But uh, someone who is an Iyengar uh, teacher uh, was telling me that um, uh, as complicated and sophisticated and refined as yoga can be, pranayama is even more like that, pranayama, that it, it's very, uh, it has to be taught just right and uh, there's a lot of subtlety to it, uh, especially as you advance in your pranayama practice. Just wanted you to comment on that because it's something I know very little about. Well, again, this is my opinion. Uh, and I, I studied with, personally, with BKSI Younger in India, and then I studied with his teachers for about seven years before I, I settled in with my teacher, Deskatar. Um, his, their whole view of pranayama is really... Um, Finite, you know. They there's real um, a lot of detail in it. His his light on pranayama has lots of detail. Uh, but you look at the Shivananda approach, and uh, it's pretty basic for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. then I went, you know, in in uh, India they have this school where they have a yoga hospital, Kaivala Dhamma, and there's a book they have on pranayama that's quite detailed. And uh, so I looked at those things and, you know, tried some of them. But then all of a sudden, here's this guy on television in India. It's on two channels, 24 hours a day. He's got something like 20 million followers all over the world. His name is Swami Ramdev. Now, he's controversial. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's controversial. But he has healed a lot of people. And he's doing two basic pranayamas, and guess what? They're the two that I learned in my first teacher training with Shivananda. Ah, uh, so traditional you know, some, methods. Yes, the Kapalabhati, or the shining skull, and the other one is a form of alternate nostril breathing. I've taken a simpler one, just, you know, what you call Nadi Shodan, or channel cleansing, even on each side. They do one that's more complicated. Mm. Um, and also... This Kapalabhati, we call um, Shining Skull, there's a simple way to do that because when you do the traditional way in a yoga class, you're going to pass out the tissue because everybody's blowing snot around. 
But uh, one thing I have to give Bikram, <laughs> and I'll just leave it like that, <laughs> is that he, he had one uh, variation that's pretty good. You hold up your index finger and you blow it out like you're blowing out a candle. <laughs> you blow hard and you do that probably like 20, 30 times. And then you, you take a deep breath, you let it out, you take another mm-hmm. breath and you hold it for a long time and let it out. You do the other side. And that's a very user-friendly way to do Kapalabhati without having to spread tissue around the room. But those two, for whatever reason, you know, I studied many of the pranayamas Mm -hmm. and all the details, but those two, uh, Kapalabhati and, uh, you know, some form of alternate nasa, I happen to like the Nadi show, the channel closing. You can do a lot with that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit uh, about the um, origin and development of yoga therapy as a discipline, because you were, you were there right at the beginning, and it was well, I, I I think um, I was, and um, it was because I got this training from Deskachar. Um, he I he actually at about my third visit, he let me go into the clinic they had there. They had the Krishnachari Yoga uh, uh, KYM. Um, Yoga Mandram, they you know they had like insurance from the government of Southern India where people could go in there with any kind of problem and get yoga therapy. This I should add is uh, in Chennai, what used to yes. be Madras. Yes, so I got to go in there and work with a few clients and also look through all of their uh, records. And so what happened when I came back this last time, uh, Dr. Leroy Perry at the International Sports Medicine Institute. Um, gave me a space to open the first yoga therapy center in Los Angeles. That was 1984. And uh, that was at the International Sports Medicine Institute. So that was the first yoga therapy center in L.A. and the first of its kind in the medical center in the United States. So um, then uh, Richard Miller and I were in India studying with Deskachar, and I came to him with an idea. I said, why don't we start this organization and uh, he said, well, you're going to need a journal. He says, I can do the journal. I says, well, I can do the rest. Mm. And so I was the founding president of this uh, AYT, which is now 27 years, uh, you know, like uh, 16 countries, a um, whole lot of members. And that was really the beginning of it in America. Mm. So, uh, you know, I stayed involved heavily for probably like nine years and now the last years, I'm always around as a consultant because it's Richard and my baby. Mm-hmm. So now for the first time, they're having an actual uh, yoga therapy certification coming from the International Association of Yoga Therapists that just started this year. Mm-hmm. We should add for our listeners that um, in our archive, we have an interview with Richard and with John Kepner, who's the uh, mm-hmm. president of Two outstanding individuals and very special in my life, both of those people. Mm-hmm. And uh, Richard Miller, as you in your interview, you see, has gone on to do huge things. But here's a true story. On my trip right after meeting Richard Miller, uh, next time I went to India, I came home and had a present for Richard Miller. And it was a book from the Bihar School of Yoga called Yoga Nidra. <laughs> and I uh-huh. gave it to Richard. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, he, and he ran with it. He ran with it. Yeah, he's, right. he's, the, he's the yoga nidra guy in America now. Yeah, there you sure go. Did. You, you never know. Well, Larry, I want to thank you so very much for taking the A time pleasure. to come on with us today. And uh, we'll have posted up your website and information thank on you. your books and everything uh, uh, at spiritmatterstalk.com. And uh, th- again, thank you so very much for your time. A pleasure, and then also thanks to you, Phil. It's Let me um, uh, add um, that one of the books um, uh, one would recommend uh, is the book Larry and Georg Feierstein wrote called Yoga for Dummies. So for all the dummies <laughs> who want to know more about yoga and yoga philosophy, that's one that's highly recommended. And uh, maybe you could uh, briefly mention the latest book, the sort of yoga therapy. Yeah, and also, uh, anybody who's written any of the uh, uh, read any of the dummies books know they're not really just for dummies. I mean, they're well written. I use them the all the time. Edition. Yeah. Thank you. It's in fourteen languages. Uh, the latest book is called uh, Yoga Therapy and Integrative Medicine, which I co-authored uh, with Dr. Eden Goldman and Dr. Tara Gold. And it's um, a, a very rigorous book about research and yoga therapy and the applications of it in different... Uh... It's pretty good. We have, we have really outlined all the major schools um, and their origins and, you know, some of their ideas and... Uh, for people interested in yoga therapy, um, it, it's a good book. Very good. All Any right. final words for our listeners, Larry? Be an example. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll take that one to heart. <laughs> thank anyways. you. All right. Thank you very thank much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thanks again.